Welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. It's uh, just Wyndham and uh, myself, Jeremy Sartori, here today. And, uh, you know, we we uh, miss Christian dearly, so hopefully uh, that fancy school he's in will let him uh, come back to us. Um, let him come up for air. Yeah, or later. During, during the holiday breaks. But aside from that, we were going to... Wyndham and I have always had a, a tradition where we're kind of lucky enough. We have eight-year uh, spread and age, but um, have birthdays that fall right around uh, the three same week. Of- yeah, so three days apart uh, usually lends for getting together in some form or fashion, but often uh, to go see a rock show, um, a tradition that started back when I was 16, you were 24, and then really kind of became a, a – a, and that was – seen uh, Neil Young and Crazy Horse with Sonic Youth and Social Distortion opening up, which, uh, you know, our mother thoughtfully, uh, you know, scalped tickets at a over overpriced tickets for us. And um, and I was able to bring a buddy. And then uh, Wynn surprised me with Nirvana tickets, which we've talked about on the show past. And I think post that, we've always made it a point to at the very least get together if we're not out of town. Um, and you know, ideally go see some music together, something that we've done, you know, since my teens and your teens. And uh, we want to kind of talk about just, uh, it's a little different. I turned 43 when uh, 51, if that's okay to say on, on air here. Uh, yeah, that's okay to say out loud. And, um, you know, we probably both celebrated the actual days apart, or we did in different ways, but, uh, you know, we made sure to get out on a Tuesday night to go to a, uh, a small, smelly Rock Club, Great Scots, and, and Alston last night. But um, we were going to kind of chat to about see. what it's like today versus, you know, uh, this long tradition of, of years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, go, getting out to see Michael Cronin last night, um, you know, is a different beast than uh, getting out to see Nirvana, the Breeders and Half Japanese, was in 1993, I believe, on the In Utero Tour. Um, you know, back then, I mean, it must have been pretty exciting for you to even to get in New York. I was living in New York. Um, we just to, you know, sort of uh, paint a, a little bit of a picture. We saw Nirvana. Um, I saw them two nights in a row. You saw them at New York Coliseum, which has now been torn down and turned into the Time Warner building in Columbus Circle. Um, just to give you some indication of, of how many eons ago this was. Um, obviously, Kurt Cobain still alive and kicking at the time. Um, and it was uh, the night before they recorded Unplugged at the MTV studios. Yep. So it was kind of a monumental moment for that band and kind of a monumental um, time for us to start a tradition, which is uh, going to see rock shows. Here's the, the thing. Um, last night we went to see Michael Cronin at Great Scott and chief among our concerns was uh, grabbing dinner in the neighborhood beforehand and finding a clean bathroom to use. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, these are the kinds of concerns that crop up uh, at this age as opposed to uh, when you're 20, 24, um, you know, the, the, pre, the pre-show the pre dinner as opposed to the post-show slice or the post-show, like, yeah, you know, four in the morning, cheeseburger, cheeseburger deluxe at, <laughs> at, you know, uh, Moonstruck Diner in, in Chelsea. Yeah, um, it's funny. We were reflecting on some of that last night um, as, you know, I... I, I you know, conveniently forgot when and I went out for dinner and we were walking towards the show and, you know, when uh, you're uh, walking to first and you feel something burst, <laughs> you got to uh, you gotta find a bathroom. And I stupidly said, like, yeah, let's just go to the club. And it's like, oh, have you been? 
mind you, this is a rock club that has absolutely no stall and no door on the uh, the you know where you would where you would normally go to the bathroom um, if you uh, were hurting. So you know the rest. You know the next fifteen minutes were kind of. Uh, trying to find a place that was suitable and clean enough to actually go to the bathroom before we went to the rock show in the dingy club with the uh, toilet stall that has no doors. Yeah, I mean, but it brought up a whole bunch of of the sort of, uh, you know, contrast that we draw about, you know, it was like when we used to go to shows, you know, you'd want to get, you know, you were spending your own money, you didn't have much, you wanted the full, you know, the, 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 Oh, I yeah. guess uh, the full weight of what you paid for. So, you know, you insisted on going and seeing the opening acts, even if you were, you know, very, you know, one of the last few people that was there at the beginning. And you've kind of prided yourself on on being there early and, and seeing the openers because, you know, all the douchebags come late only for the, the headliner. Um, those douchebags are us now. Yeah, and, totally. Uh, <laughs> Take up space. <laughs> Yeah, we're the yeah. Uh, the older douchebags that uh, you know um, make the bartender break a fifty, um, <laughs> and it's uh, you know it's funny, yeah, because you're right, it, it is. It was something that like be- it was an event, you know. I saved up money. I was psyched to see. I remember living in Austin, Texas, guided by Voices, and a band called Black Rebel Motorcycle Club was opening, and the other band opening was the local band Spoon. And, you know, yeah. wasn't going to miss those acts and didn't really know Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Soon you got to be opening for them. But, um, but you know, that's always so cool when you're able to catch something like that or, you know, half Japanese opening up for Nirvana that night or with the Breeders. And, uh, you know, it also was an event where, like, I knew that drinking would start early and uh, end late. And, um, you know, like you said, food would come at a uh, very, very late hour, you know, somewhere Um you know, the outskirts of where I could find a place open with friends. And, uh, yeah, last night it was a pre-dinner meal. Um, you know, I think we've earned our stripes to, to not have to sit through opening bands unless they're, uh, at least a name that I've heard once, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think that's kind of the criteria <laughs> at this point, but that said, I mean, if you go back and, and think of all the bands you saw by accident because they were openers, it's a pretty, heady list um you know some of our favorites i remember going to see apples and stereo with you and beulah opening and yeah. and discovering them for that reason and then dragging everybody i knew to see beulah when they opened for wilco about a year later um you know having that sort of authority back then i remember you know seeing god i mean i, I saw, saw so many yeah olivia trevor control open up for stereo lab and could have gone home just after watching them. It was so good. And, and uh, you know, I remember going to in New York when you lived in New York and I'd come in a lot. I was in high school seeing, you know, the Alice in Chains tour, but having a band like Screaming Trees opened up, who's, you know, a great band at the time and, and a fun live band. It was almost like getting to see a double bill as opposed to, you know... I feel like there was a period of time where every show I went to, the Flaming Lips were the third or fourth band down, right. the, down the roster. And... Um, but that said, you know, I, I now I, I really don't mind skipping the opener, and then, you know, very rarely does it does it have you know the sort of payoff that it used to. Um, you well, know, there's the just that a tolerance does happen, level but. when you know. I mean, I think one thing that I think you and I, and certainly me, you know, pride ourselves on is kind of staying current with music. We have friends and and you know uh, other people in creative fields or do, that do things that tend to kind of give you the line of like, yeah, there's not that much good anymore, you know, or, or, you know, there's nothing out there still. And 
I think um, I couldn't disagree more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it, like there's more, and, and there's always something out there that that's great to listen to. But I also I think we both just enjoy the experience of live music, and and it kind of makes a band, um, you know, for me, if a band could pull off both, like an album that I love and a live show that I love, they just go up the up the register as far as you know something that like there's nothing more that I like than saying to somebody like you have to see this band, like if or if a band comes to town, I will do everything except you know, uh, overpay for a babysitter, um, you know, if I'm out of town or if there's an event that I have to be at, be there, you know? Um, so, I mean, those are things that like, I think too, in the past we're, 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 we were kind of joking about too, is just that like, you know, what you had an opportunity to see arcade fire, but had a, uh, and this would have been in your 30, 40s, early, th- uh, no, mid thirties, um, yeah. well, right when they came out to so late thirties. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I had, you know, I was excited to see arcade fire at first tour, first go round. Um, I could, you know, I knew they were going to be huge and, um, you know, I was preempted by my own surprise birthday dinner. Um, so, uh, I had kind of had to scotch my plans because, you know, I was like, Oh, I'm I'm going to a show that night, and my wife's like, no, we have 10 people coming to dinner. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, um, uh, I you missed know, that, that same that's... tour due to uh, my future in-laws um, being in town for Thanksgiving. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, those are the kinds of things that, you know, didn't used to have to happen. But um, at the same time, you know, there's, uh, light, you know, life gets in the way of going to see um, White Reaper sometimes. Yeah, um, and I, you know, who I recently missed to uh, because I couldn't find a babysitter. But I think the main thing is, and I think we're, you know, we we do go and and keep going to a, a lot of shows. And I think um, ideally, you know, the state, the ultimate show, I think for both you and I is probably midweek. Um, totally fine if significant others want to be there and enjoy it, but totally fine if they don't. And uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the Tuesday Fight Club or the Wednesday Night Fight Club. You see an act yeah. that you like and that you want to see. It's a, a low-cost venture these days, and, um, and it's kind of fun to, to break out and, and just see some music and, and suffer maybe a little overtiredness or not, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't go to a lot of shows with my wife anymore. Um, if I do, they kind of have to be, uh, and I don't mean to paint the uh, – a, 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 her in a, in a bad light, but they kind of have to be at a place where you have assigned seats and, you know, there's good acoustics. Um, I don't think I, you know, I can't talk her into <clears throat> going to see Titus Andronicus for the fourth time this year, no. you know, at a place where, um, you know, they used to be the Polish American club of Somerville. <laughs> I can talk her into going to see, uh, um, Casey Musgraves and Wiseblood at yep. Harbor Lights and sitting in the third row, you know? Right. Yeah, no, there is. There's a different, and there's a different level of shows. And I think we enjoy them all. Um, I think primarily the, the, the Great Scots or the, you know, Rough Trade in New York or, you know, the club, uh, smaller kind I'll of club always, venues is just always I'll my always favorite place. I always love the act of discovery. I yeah. always love finding a band before anybody else. And it's going to be a pursuit of mine. Um, I yeah, think I've proven at this point that <laughs> I'm not giving up. But uh, at the same time, um, you know, that said, I have had on more than one occasion these days um, tickets that I've bought, you know, several weeks, months in advance that wind up in the the trash heap of life because, uh, 
you know, work trip or, a, you know, a shoot comes up or something that I have to be at. Yeah. Um, well, there's some, there's something too, to be said to that. I mean, I think it's, it's like a, uh, it's almost sort of in our, our DNA to just kind of see somebody's in town or whatever. So, and then because you're in a much different situation than you were when you were 20, 22, you know, going to shows or even 32 going to shows, um, it's not that hard to just grab a pair of tickets just to know that like, Hey, I'm still doing this and I want to do it and I want to see these guys, but then forgetting that, um, Oh shit, I'm on a work trip or yeah, I can't make it or I couldn't get somebody to watch my kids and just being completely at ease with, with, you know, getting rid of those tickets. I mean, what white reaper was a great example. I really wanted to see them. And, uh, you know, and I went when was able to go and, and took a, a friend of ours and, and, uh, had a great time, you know? I'm not like dying like I used to if I miss somebody or a show was sold out and I couldn't get in or something like that. But I'm yeah, also I'm not gnashing I'm not gnashing my teeth at my birthday dinner like I was yeah. um, missing Arcade Fire in 2004. Exactly. You know, pissed at my friends for for, <laughs> for making me miss out. But uh, but uh, um, you know, I think it's it's something that um, you know is, is it's also a nice position to be in and and I think a different position. I think there was a couple of things I wanted to just talk about too like it's just a funnier experience because there's different levels of shows right i mean we could you could go see um you know we saw deer take on new year's eve i think two years ago or last year and um that was a lot of fun at sinclair and cambridge and that was like a mixed crowd of of ages and just as an addendum to that particular uh thing it just you know i i know that you're sort of uh about to launch into talking about uh, crowd age and stuff, but the reason we went to see Deer Tick on New Year's Eve that night is because my friend's son was playing keyboards in <laughs> right, Deer right. Tick yeah. at the time, so that that gives you some indication of where we are. Yeah, the reason we got passes was uh, we were watching Win Friends uh, Boy, which is great, and it was fun. And uh, you know, we're probably more in line with the band's age, or, or in between, they're in between us at some some degree, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, the, your friend's son was definitely not, and uh, and so yeah, I mean, I think like I don't, I don't ever feel, nor nor do you, um, and you know, I think we're uh, either blessed with delusion or um, just don't look that old. But I never feel like very old in a club or anything like that. But the doorman situation is always funny to me, <laughs> like. Because last night it's like, oh, sorry, man, I got to card you and like stamp your hand and put a thing. It's like, it's, it's okay. You know, or I find myself yeah, when I'm at will call thinking it's a reservation to a restaurant, like, hey, um, do you have Sartori on the list? They're like, just show me your ID, you know, like. For three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a table by the bathroom thing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but yeah, no, it is, it is funny. The, uh, you know, the sort of, um, yeah, the the whole interact. I mean, that's its own episode right there. Is yeah. the entire is the interaction with the guy who checks your ID, because you know they don't want to offend you, and yet they don't want to they don't want to portray themselves as idiotic. It's like, yeah, dude, I know you are old enough to be in here, um, but I still got to check by law. Yeah, and Massachusetts particularly has. <laughs> yeah. You know, with its with its you know regulatory happy, um, uh, you know city and ordinances. Um, you know they check ID for anybody who doesn't look over seventy. I believe um, is the uh, policy for most most doors. So um, you know, I think I still have a few years left to pass under that bar. Um, but yeah, it, it is kind of funny. They they there's this conundrum where they're trying to say like, yeah. I don't mean to offend you, and yet. 
I also don't really mean to flatter you. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like, uh, I mean, it really is like being talked to like an elder or something. And, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, I think in general, the, the age of a show varies, you know, obviously if you go to a, a Wilco show with, you know, Polly or, you know, whatever, you know, with a, a crowd or even Arcade Fire show these days, you're, you're probably in the right age group, um, yeah. you know. But going oh, yeah, to I mean, Michael Cronin on a Tuesday night, uh, you know, I would say it wasn't... I- noticeably that much uh, older, but you're going to get, you know, the, the college crowd, right? The 20-year-olds and, and kids that... And by no means, by no means do I mean to disparage Michael Cronin, <laughs> who I like very much, but there wasn't... As I said wasn't, that, I was going to say, there, there wasn't exactly... There wasn't a crowd. whole lot of crowd to compare them, yeah. you know, and Kyle Kraft was the same way. We saw Kyle Kraft twice in about five <laughs> days this summer, and I really like Carl, Kyle Kraft a lot. I like his music, and... Uh, but I have to say, of the you know, sixteen to thirty <laughs> people that were in the crowd, you know, I bet we were on the high end, but it didn't feel that. No, not at all. I didn't feel that singled out. No, definitely. I I also, sorry, go ahead. <clears throat> no, I was also also going to say. I think I just I know my you know. Thirty-five years of experience. You know, there is the sports analogy of the wily veteran who doesn't really have the moves anymore, but knows how to you know sort of Navigate. position their body so nobody else can you know knows how to box out, knows how to use your ass to get Absolutely. people out of the way. Yeah, um, knows, my knows bar skills are far and, superior and, to almost anybody in that place. And the defense. Yeah, I was going to say, like you know, um, as I said, we've, we've kind of like I mean, been going to shows forever. It, it's a passion of both of ours. Um, and, you know, I know my way around a rock club, you know, I know like how to maneuver closer if I want to be closer, if I'm feeling a little uh, frisky and I know how to like find a good spot very close to cocktail uh, to the bar and um, still see and hear the band the way I want to. And uh, without, yeah, being, de- without being a dick in that process, whereas uh, when I was younger, I was probably a little more of a dick about it. Yeah, I think too, you know, I think I, I would compare us kind of to the Charles Oakley and Anthony Mason mm-hmm. of uh, rock and roll shows because it's, I'm not afraid to use my hip, my shoulder um, to get to sort of, you know, gently nudge folks out of the way. But at the same time, I'm not going to do it in such a fashion where I'm going to start a fight. And furthermore, nobody looks cool punching a 50 year old. No, definitely not. Um, it's never, uh, yeah, never quite the threatening crowd, um, that, you know, of your youth. It's sort of like, oh yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I, I'm a li- I want to, I want to bring this up. Um, and this is a little off top. I mean, it's on topic, but, um, very specific. When we went to see Titus Andronicus a few weeks ago, um, I've seen this more than once and Patrick Stickles announced at the beginning of the show, no mosh pits, no, you yeah. know. No stage diving, nobody, you know, no, basically, I don't want anybody overreacting to the music. And I've seen him post it now on social media. I thought in my brain that got processed as, come on, people, let's get going. Yeah, I kind of thought it was a sarcastic thing, too, because he did it when I saw them at Rough Trade, too. I think that's, I think it's serious. Really? I think, yeah, I think, you know, he basically said, you know, there's nothing about this music that, that should make you want to hurt somebody. And I get that. I mean, I think bands have been doing that for a long time. I think Fugazi famously, you know, kind of took on that that credo or, you know, that kind of take as well. Um, just It didn't work the time I saw Fugazi. I know that. No, and it didn't really work both times I've seen Titus Andronicus either, you know. Um, 
And I don't know if there's like a, uh, a need and, and, you know, these days to kind of just, it's about actual physical contact, like with, you know, not to get serious or whatever, but like all the, you know, sort of things that, that, um, yeah, inappropriate, yeah, inappropriate, uh, just kind of like, Hey, we're going to be more aware because I don't think, you know, they like Fugazi, I've seen stop a show cause somebody had like a camera in somebody's face or, you know, things like that. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, I don't remember Titus getting upset that there was some moshing or, you know, uh, pogoing or whatever you call it these days, um, dancing going on. I mean, the first time I saw him at, at, for the record release, I actually got in there for two seconds and then quickly realized how winded I was and got the hell out of there. Um, yeah. Um, but it was like, you know, it, was, it wasn't rough or like tumble. And I think, yeah, I mean, I think there was a lot of that from the eighties and stuff that you, you know, dealt with. And even when we saw bands in the nineties, you know, there was more crowd surfing and, and, and moshing. It's a really uncomfortable way to enjoy a show, by the way. Like, well, I've been I dropped have to say on the floor, so, and it sucks. I've seen, you know, I have, I am, you know, this is, this will show you my age, and, and also this, you know, the, 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 my sort of, you know, my bona fides uh, from this particular world, but I mean, I probably should have had surgery 30 years ago for a, uh, you know, for a, uh, an injury I sustained stage diving at a Ramones show right. um, when I was 20. Um, you know, it, it's still still not exactly right. But um, I, it, it, there was a show I, I was, where was I recently? Um, there's another thing that has, that goes, I can't exactly remember they what the show was. They together. I, they do kind of. <laughs> um, but I was at a show where there was in attempts at stage diving and and like crowd surfing and it was i think people are so conscious of um you know the sort of uh inappropriate touching and also just not it's just not really part of um people's culture anymore it might have been the white reaper show Hmm. and but people were just falling on the ground they'd like get crowd they'd crowd surf like two feet and then fall on the ground because nobody wanted to reach up and touch and i don't know whether it was laziness or um you know sort of uh deference or fear of of doing Uh, something incorrect but it was it was funny because i was standing up in the uh on the second level another thing that that has come with age i am i'm far more inclined to stand near a bar um, on the second level of a show than I used to be I, when I used to, you know, sort of buy drinks and rest them on the stage. But, um, yeah, it was people, there, all these people were sort of, and it, it looked just like a failed experiment in people who had seen videos of old shows. But, you know, people were getting up for like two seconds and then just falling on the ground because nobody, nobody was helping and nobody knew really how to do it. Yeah, it was a far difference from being, you know, young and going into New York City or something to your show and just the wave of people and the pushing and the crushing and the, you know, getting lifted up and stuff like that. I mean, I remember it pretty well. It was, you know, sometimes scary and, and like always exhilarating and fun. I don't want to do it today and I don't, uh, I'm, I'm okay with, it, with them not doing it, but I, I think that's funny and, and that kind of makes sense now that you said that the statement's an actual statement and less of a sarcastic kind of approach to the the opening of well, what's about me, to be a rowdy rock show. It took me three times hearing it to realize yeah. that it was serious and not, you know, in in, uh, in t- attempting to to sort of invoke the uh, the opposite of of the stated you know behavior that they were talking about. I do remember. I mean, but you know, going way back again, sort of uh, piling on to my resume, my bona fides. Um, 
and this is just showing off at this point, but I remember seeing Black Flag at the Living Room in Providence in 1985, four, um, and, you know, that was just borderline dangerous, you know? Yeah. That was just... That was, I mean, Circle Jerk shows in, in like, the mid-'80s at the Rat or the Living Room in Providence. It was, like, it was not safe, and it was fucking fun. But it was, uh, you know, you you left bloodied and bruised, a lot of people, and you, yeah. were, and you, and you opted in. Yep. And I think that's the thing that, yeah, like, bands like Fugazi and, and started to turn kind of against because it was, like, a, yeah, it was, a, it was a, you know, a male kind of, like, or predominantly male, I shouldn't say just male, but, like, yeah, and that, like, a way to get the, you know, get your yayas out, as the Rolling Stones would say, just to get kind of totally. crazy. Um, no, it's funny and, and, and fun. And I think, too, you know, I think both of us, uh, you know, it's, it's never been my thing and it never will be, but, like, I'm just unwilling to do the stadium show these days too, you know, unless somebody like gets me an executive box or something for their like bank they work at. And, uh, and it's not because I'll only go to a show if I'm in a box. It's just because I cannot deal with that many people and that lame of, you know, just that disconnect from no. the crowd. I mean, the tennis stadium, um, sorry, the, in, uh, Forest in, Hills. Yeah, I like Forest that Hills place. is absolutely a, on the list now. That was my first time going to see chemical brothers. And, uh, but it's you know. kind of it kind of very venue dependent. I mean, yeah, going true. to Forest Hills is a really nice experience. Um, you know, granted, you know if you can afford the twenty dollars cocktails yeah, that they the serve there. <laughs> Thanks, <buddy. laughs> and, but um, you know, and like uh, whatever Harbor Lights is called now. Yeah. Um, for Harbor anybody Lights, who it is, it's a bank. Yeah, some bank pavilion, but that's a great spot in Boston too. And sorry, go ahead. You yeah, and it's on the harbor, and it's yeah. a beautiful setting, and and it's a good place to you know go see a show. It's this it's laid it's out not nicely. Too big. Yeah, yeah. Or it I guess feel the too two big. basic elements of those is something on a subway line yeah. that that doesn't feel like you know you're fighting a crowd you know exactly. i guess yeah, you're not parking in a stadium you're not you're not drinking in a parking lot number one yes. you're not uh you know and you don't have like a mini barbecue cooking <laughs> as if it's I mean, there's something to event. that I like but that yeah, I mean, too, I, but it's never been my thing. But I'm just saying at this age, I just don't want to do it, you know? And, uh, you know, I'm actually, I think both of us are also in a position where we're like, it's not like I, I can afford to, to get the front row seats um, or the or the luxury box for whoever, U2 or Eagles reunion. Not that I necessarily want to be at those shows anymore anyways, but like, you know, those aren't things that I can. So I end up in the middle, right? You know, and, uh, or a pie. And I just, it's just not a good experience anymore. And I think the other one too is... Um, you know, I think that's probably where I draw the line. I think that actually that that might be it. I don't think. Uh, yeah. And I, I, the other thing too is I'm unwilling. I used to be willing to see any band I liked. So anybody mm-hmm. who put out a great album, um, and now there are bands that I just know are amazing on album to me, but are probably not going to be worth my uh, Wednesday night to go. I'm looking at see you, live. Bill and Sebastian, exactly. Vampire yeah. Weekend. Totally, um, exactly. Yeah, I love Vampire Weekend and I love Bill and Sebastian. Um, I've seen them both, and I don't need to ever see them again. New pornographers. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, um, you know, I think we had the benefit of the the whole um, industry kind of changing shape around the time when we were sort of changing shape. Um, I mean that literally and figuratively. Yeah, um, but, you know, we during the mid period of our 
and Christian, you know, was part of this as well. But during the mid period of our of our you know, concert music viewing life, you know, we went to uh, Pitchfork Festival uh, mm-hmm. five years in a row uh, yeah. and had backstage passes all the, throughout. You're welcome. Um, yeah, thank you. And um, Jeremy being the uh, responsible for the first sponsorship of Pitchfork Festival. Um, but, you know, it, it seeing 40 bands in th- over three days... Um, you sort of realize who you pick and choose to see. Yeah, you're right. There individually, was a, there was actually, and a lot of bands that are either currently kind of on the scene today or had flashes of um, brilliance back when that we were going to that festival regularly. Um, you know, you did. You got kind of like a, a, a preview. You know, because there's no, never mm-hmm. a festival show minus maybe Mastodon after Iron and Wine at Pitchfork. But I, I'm yet in the Rens the first year we went. But, uh, you know, there's rarely a performance at a festival that's as good as a performance in a, in a venue or a, a club. Yes. Um, there's good performances and, and really great performances at a, a festival, which is great. And when you catch those, the, you know that that band's going to rip elsewhere as well. Um, Le Savi Fav. Yeah, Le Savi Fav, um, you know, Hold Black Steady, Lips. Black Lips, yep. Um, and then, you know, there's, and then you, but you also get a preview of people that, you know, probably shouldn't be playing <laughs> a festival but size then you show. Get, you, and, yeah, uh, you get that, you get that not so special feeling from somebody like Spiritualized who are right. plenty good, but shouldn't ever be seen during the light of day. No. And no, no. Um, I'm shocked um, that they didn't Generally know. speaking, yeah. don't exist, I don't think, during yeah. the light of day, um, between being British, that British and that brittle. Um, but we see them, you know, at a really special show where they're backed by a full, you know, 43-piece, um, you know, full gospel choir, full horn section, full, you know, basically full orchestra, and that is spectacular. Right. Totally. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think, but I, I get to your kind of, like, original point, though, we just did have a lot of years where you got to kind of navigate that at the time where life was getting fuller in different mm-hmm. ways, and you just couldn't go to every show. Like, I mean, when I was, you know in my twenties working in film industry in Austin and, and, uh, you know, had every night of the week basically was a Friday or Saturday. It didn't really matter (laughs) responsibility wise aside from work, which, um, you know, I, I could do it, you know? And, uh, and now, you know, like with, uh, in my case, two kids and when kind of having, uh, you know, you having by a wife and and a by coastal job, um, that takes you FLA a lot and stuff like that, you know, it's, it's much harder to do, but that said, you know, our good friend in theme music, Simon Doom, you know, I have flown into L.A. on a, on a uh, work trip and uh, he was playing at a, a small venue and, um, you know, doing a record release or, and, and I took a uh, cab 100 million miles, it felt like, to go say hi and see him, you know. So I think, like, there's always an effort made no matter what. It's just that effort kind of changes. And then there's bands that, like, you know, I love, um, you know, Sharon Van Etten and, and some people that are, are tend to be mellower. I'm not saying that she's not good live. I'm sure she's amazing live. I just don't know that, like, that's my kind of live act now. Like, I need to see somebody, you know, who has a lot of, um, you know, I like rock shows. But then, you know, I say that and thinking back to the Weissblood show we went to, that was a really good and, and good show yeah. as well. So before I dig myself into a hole, should we... Uh, before I contradict myself yeah, more, more often more. than, you know, a, yeah. uh, you know, a congressional hearing... Um, but they, yeah, there, there is, yeah, there is, there are certain people who are special enough to me that I want to see, um, you know, I want to see them live, even though they don't necessarily have a massive presence 
but they're few and far for fewer and further between. I want to when I go to a show now. I want to. I want some. I want someone I putting want their an back into it. Entity that I'm excited to see, um, and kind of you know somebody that yeah discovery or somebody <clears> that I know is going to. I can tell anybody I know you must see this band live and. Uh, and we go. And then there are just a few faves. Like last night, you know, it, it's just a tradition. And I, I, I like Michael Cronin a lot, especially his, his uh, earlier record, number two. Um, you know, I think he's super talented. It was a good show. I don't know that you and I would have, like, gone out of our way necessarily in uh, January to Brave the no. Cold to go see that. <laughs> but, no. um, but you know, uh, because it's a tradition, because he happened to be the guy in town, like it was a great show and fun to go to, you know. And here's here's just one final before we wrap up. Um, one final word of warning: uh, the two words that you should fear most if you are looking at a concert listing: solo acoustic. <laughs> Avoid at all costs. Yes. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, some of my favorite artists will sometimes pull the solo acoustic, and I realize it's a, a way to make a lot more money for for an individual who may not, you know, rake in the cash. Yeah, but, and um, evening with is another one for three words um, that usually, <laughs> that's one that if you wanted to bring your, your girlfriend or spouse to, it might be a good one. <laughs> yeah. Or, or if you have to get yeah. on a plane early in the morning. <laughs> Anyway, do you, uh, we want to take a quick break and then we'll come back yeah, and let's do end this to, thing? Uh, we? The Weight by Michael Cronin, who we saw last night. Thank you, uh, Mr. Cronin, for a good show. And uh, we enjoyed it. And then let's uh, end it how we always end it. All right. Back to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I am your host, Wyndham Lewis, and I'm here with Jeremy Sartori. It's a brother, brother, and we are ending this the way we end every episode. Jer, what are you listening to? Um, so not really listening to anything. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to a lot of stuff, listening to a lot of like the new releases out um, and getting myself ready a, for our end of uh, year episode, but also just, you know, enjoying a lot of new music. But I've been also, uh, and I, you and I talked about this, I, I might have mentioned it last time, but I... Um, I still kind of continue to watch The Watchmen, and um, I'm I'm in. I'm totally intrigued by the show. It, it's it's bizarre and kind of uh, dark enough that it's captured my uh, attention, and um, I'm enjoying it. So um, I need to watch episode five. Thoroughly enjoyed uh, the first four I, in in a confusing way, but but uh, I'm in, and so um, yeah, that's what I'm watching. I, I'm with you, and it's. I like it. It's paying dividends. It's it's a weird, weird show, and I don't have you know a comic book obsession, so I don't yeah, have I don't the, the, the base other. knowledge of what the hell is going on. Exactly. But I like it a lot, and it's a great cast. Um, I have been watching a lot of things. I was tra- I went to Stockholm 
uh, about a week and a half ago, and so I had a lot of uh, flight time to burn, and I watched uh, The Devil Next Door, the John Demyemyuk story, oh, yeah, uh, I um, which I highly recommend, uh, five-parter from Netflix that... Uh, Covers um, one of the you know the pursuit and prosecution of one of the last of the Nazi war criminals, um, a Ukrainian gentleman who was living in suburban Cleveland, working at an auto Ford plant, um, who got plucked as uh, a, a former gas chamber worker Not and Ivan the Terrible, the most infamous. Yes, and uh, so yeah, I highly recommend that. Um, and um, Parasite, Bong Joon-ho's new movie, South Korean film, um, which is probably going to be my favorite movie of the year, um, with a lot of competition from The Irishman. Um, but I strongly suggest not reading anything about Parasite and going and seeing it. It actually was on my flight back from Munich <laughs> the other day, so it was. Um, I got a chance to re revisit it after I saw it in the theater, which was a lot of fun, and I'll get the screener sooner or later. Um, third thing I'm going to recommend is I've just um, dug into an author that I'd heard a lot about but never... Um, dove into um, a few years behind, um, but I'm leave, I'm reading Leaving Atocha Station by Ben Lerner, and um, I'm just blown away by what a great writer he is, and very very enjoyable stuff, very funny, very um, enjoyable. I'll repeat myself. Anyway, um, it's, it's that age. You want to put a staying out late at a concert? Doing that. Yeah. Do you want to put a song on the? Six million four hundred thirty-two thousand. Yeah, so, greatest songs of all time. If, if we need to tweet this out, and if people have not uh, followed this playlist, it's about as random as you can get um, because we like it's a lot awesome. of different music, and it's you know I'm not gonna lie, occasionally I'll skip a song, but just for pure, uh, I would say you know there's yeah something for everybody on this playlist, and it's fun. And uh, one of our favorite games is always to just be excited about you know what would be the best song when we're sitting at a bar and your top five favorites. So, sorry, long way of explaining. I just really enjoy this playlist a lot. And I'm adding uh, The Church Under the Milky Way. Oh, nice. I heard it the Very other nice. day. I remembered how great that song is. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And I never got. it's one of those weird ones that got super overplayed and I never got sick of it, which is rare. Yeah, and it got super overplayed, but then never kind of, I don't think it had the longevity of getting overplayed later. You know what I mean? The Church is kind of like an underrated, forgotten band. From that yeah. time, and I, I mean, at the time, it was totally overplayed. It was a big hit. I was a huge fan of their first single that I ever heard, the first U.S. single, which was called "The Unguarded Moment," which I is love a that phenomenal. Song. I actually tune. would. I mean, that's a song that would go on the list too. But it might go on the list sooner or later. Band. It's yeah. one of those. That's actually um, probably their best song. But I, um, I'm going between two that I, that are definitely going to go on the list, but I'm going to go with the one that I'm more likely to forget to put on at some point, and that is one of the great rock vocals by one of the great rock vocalists um crazy on you by heart nice nice yeah, yeah i can't even hear that song without that yeah. kicking in <laughs> like it's awesome cool <laughs> she's so good and i won't try and sing it on mic but um anyways cool well uh you know happy birthday Happy past. birthday to you, and, um, old timer. Yeah, exactly. We'll get the we'll get the youth movement back in here as soon as we rescue him from the, the yeah. well <laughs> that he's been stuck in since August. <laughs> the black hole. 
Um, cool. Well, yeah, have a good one, and uh, we'll talk soon. Talk. I'm Wyndham Lewis. On behalf of my brothers, Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis, thank you very much for listening to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Many thanks also to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall, and to Simon Doom for our epic intro music. Learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.